Welcome to Suture Side Talk, episode 172. What's your favorite scary movie, Cindy? I, I just, didn't think you were going to do the voice. I did it. It, it actually hurt <laughs> just, just a little bit. I was actually tempted to just instead do Bane with a scream mask and be like, Oh, yes, welcome to Sutra Side Talk. Oh. Which, I guess that's more of like the Harley Quinn Bane. Yeah, than the Dark Knight Rises Bane. That would make more sense for that. I, I, fucking, I love that show so much. God I, bless like, you, Harley Quinn. <laughs> the, the references they use like every character for is so funny. Like, yeah, the fact that Bane is like a mix of the 90s cartoon Bane, like, look but he sounds like the bane from dark knight return dark dark knight rises returns rises rises uh and then yeah like catwoman looks like halle berry catwoman yeah no Uh, god Uh, obviously it is uh halloween time everybody uh it's the day before this is like sunday night so it's extra spooky and shit yeah uh, I got through another Resident Evil game this year because of it. Congrats. Oh, you already finished 7 VR? Yeah, I finished 7 in like a week. dude. I like, still haven't, haven't started yet. <laughs> you know, it kind of helps when you're playing in VR because it's like it's such a hassle to get that shit like adjusted and like just strapped to your face. So like basically when I put that headset on, I'm just like I'm in the game and I will literally play go for like hours and it's not the longest campaign. It was like I think I've beat I beat it in like just under eleven hours or something like that. Yeah. So I'm uh, playing it for like a couple hours a week over, like a couple hours a night throughout like a week. I was able to get through it. Nice. All right. Yeah, I was gonna. So I was going to, and then the time I thought I would do like put in for it ended up just being like, oh, it's nine o'clock. Time to watch One Piece. Yeah. And then like um, I've been trying only because. I'm trying to do like a Master King's Fall raid run for Extra Life. I'm like, oh, I need to be like pinnacle level already. So I'm trying to get a bunch of pinnacles done right now in Destiny. So that's also been delaying me a bit. I'm honestly, I I still plan on playing 7. I just think I'll probably play it right after. No, wait, God of War Ragnarok's coming out. I will play it after God of War Ragnarok. And then, yeah. I actually took time off from work or have requested time off from work to uh, just play God of War. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think I'll get to it in time. We'll see. We'll see. It depends. I just don't want it to like end up be like if it's going to be a 40 hour game and I end up playing it for like an hour or two a night. It's going to take me like a month or two to get over. And I'd rather just like take a few days off and just like. No, I don't want to say get it over with, but just like actually get to experience. Yeah, it. you just get to. You don't have to worry about anything. You're just like yeah. focused on it. Like, oh hell yeah, dude! Plus, I have like a shit ton of time saved up anyway. I might as well use it for something. No, for sure. Um, yeah, this is Sutra Side Talk, though, obviously, and uh, we talk what we've been watching, what we've been playing, and I hope that actually, I'm really hoping the audio comes like through fine because this is technically kind of like a. Me. Cool. Like, it's, it's not too bad. For this is like a second like a filter. Mask. Yeah, for sure. And I probably I don't know if I'll wear this the whole time. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I might be like, oh fuck. Especially uh, you guys didn't see before this. I was trying to drink water, and that was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how. Makes it me goes. think of the, uh, um, oh, what was the skit show on Netflix? Like, I think you should leave. <laughs> We're all like, trying to find the guy that did this. When I was like, there's too much shit on me. Oh. yeah. <laughs> he's just like cover a dude in too much like makeup and prosthetics and shit and he's just like i don't know i need to get out of this shit there's too much shit on me i don't think i watched season two 
I Dude, just I'm so thinking funny. of the Garfield house right now. Oh my god. I don't remember that. They, they, but there was a, it, it's a whole thing. I, I can't recall everything. I just remember there being a Garfield house. But that show, uh, that show is so funny. Yeah, it's pretty good. It, it's hit or depending on what which skit it is. Yeah, some like are really every... good, and then some were just not good at all. It, it was like there was no middle ground. But anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, a few things before we do start. I will say at least uh, this episode. The main two things we're talking about is the Midnight Club, the newest Mike Flanagan netflix thing which is i think a 10 episode series compared to the previous yeah, couple which were episodes. a little bit shorter and also the marvel special werewolf by night uh afterwards uh also going to talk the tear season two which was infamy the japanese internment camp uh series or season that occurred and then uh the resident evil netflix <laughs> show yeah you're gonna finally piss me off with that apparently yeah i'm gonna keep it brief probably honestly just because i i watched that and i'm like there's nothing there's no notes i can take on this there's nothing i could put down yeah i didn't hear anything good about that show and i'm like i love the games for the most part i mean i don't like six but whatever that's a different conversation yeah you should talk to Miles about that. He he's a proponent of six, but it, it just uh, really it's a whole, yeah. Okay. He he has that reasons. I forget why, but um, yeah. So there's that. If there's time, Metal Kombat 11 and Justice 2, but we'll see. Uh, more focused on those, and then uh, news is going to be just DC stuff pretty fast, uh, just because it's not you know this isn't cut of steel, so we don't usually talk too much about it here. Um. Speaking of the cut of steel, though, uh, one of the announcements is that we're no longer looking for people to join us for the Gotham Knights episode because we are no longer covering Gotham Knights. The reason for that is that uh, one of my friends that did get to play it early told me pretty much like, I know you love Batman. This game isn't worth it whatsoever. It's bad in every possible aspect from story to characters, design, gameplay, everything. And I'm like, oh, shit. So then I also, you know, just to make sure, watched gameplay saw some other reviews not like mainstream reviews but more like you know big youtubers and stuff and yeah none of them had anything good to say about this so i'm gonna save my time and money and not touch that game so yeah sorry probably a good choice yeah wb montreal has been working on this for nine fucking years and (laughs) this is what comes out that's crazy their last game was arkham origins that's insane this really there was nothing else in between no i don't think so Oh, that's sad. Because the whole time, everyone thought they were making the Suicide Squad game, considering Origins was the one that, like, Amanda Waller's yeah, like, Deathstroke, you're joining the Suicide Squad. Rocksteady is actually working on the Suicide Squad one. Yeah, and that also does not have Deathstroke, so then it's even more confusing of, like, what was the yeah. point of Origins? I don't understand. Um, Yeah, so there's that. The other thing being Extra Life. Okay, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to take this off now. I can't. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's getting a little too hot, and I can feel myself like just not—it's not working. It works outside, and I'm sure at parties, but not like this. So, yeah, the other thing is Extra Life, and that is the gaming charity where someone's streaming, and I'll be doing that again this year. I've done it for, I guess, 2019, 2020, 21. So this will be the fourth year of doing it. Uh, the first two years, I think I did it with Microsoft. And then this this last year, I did it 
representing us, Sutra Side Talk. And this year, again, I'll be doing it uh, representing Sutra Side Talk. So that's going to be this coming Saturday, November 5th, uh, most likely starting either uh, 10 or 11 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, I'm not sure which, uh, probably 10 a.m. Pacific time, most likely, um, which uh, Eastern time that is 1 p.m., uh, just to give a heads up there. Uh, everything I earn in that stream is going to charity. So you're not actually donating to the stream on Twitch itself necessarily. It's all going to be on my Extra Life page, which I will have links to in the show notes for this episode, whether it's on YouTube or any podcasting platform. Uh, it'll all be there. And most likely, I'm actually, I think I said what games I was going to play last week, but looking at it more further, I'm probably just going to be playing multiplayer games uh, for this coming one. And it's going to be three games, Destiny 2, uh, The Hunt Showdown, and The Cycle Frontier. The reason for those being is I'm honestly just going to be doing a lot of the holiday stuff. So uh, Destiny 2 for sure, I'll be running multiple raids. Uh, Last Wish and King's Fall. I'm not sure how many Last Wish ones I'm going to do, but for sure I'm going to try. It depends if I get, I've been trying to grind Pinnacles right now to get to level for it. But uh, if I can, I'm going to do a Master King's Fall run as well as uh, two other runs more on normal. And then after that, do a Last Wish run. Each one will be specific to something, but I'll I'll save the details for that. I don't want to bother everyone with that right now. Um, But it'll be anywhere, like I said, from four to six raids. It'll be with my clan most likely. And um, that will probably be earlier in the day, like maybe 12 p.m. noon Pacific time is probably when that's going to happen. That's when I'm going to post for the first raid. And then from there, we're gonna just going to see how many we can knock out. Probably in the, those, uh, I'd say it'll probably take anywhere from four to six hours at most. Uh, depends actually really Master King's Fall is going to be the one that decides that. Everything else will probably be a cakewalk, honestly. Um, otherwise, six hours for like all the raids. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because uh, honestly, last wish will take thirty to forty-five minutes, depending on how fast we run each one. And uh, King's Fall itself takes probably less than an hour. Uh, I am. Yeah. I really should like just do raids and shit with you on the weekend because I never get any of that shit done. Dude, that's a, that's what clans are for. Like, if you have a good clan, it works just fine. And even if you don't know what to do, you know, they take their time, they're patient, they'll teach you. Uh, I didn't do King's Fall like the first week. And then after I came out out and was like, hey, I haven't done this yet. Anyone want to help me run through it? What's different? And I haven't played since like Destiny 1 for that specific raid, obviously. And it was easy um, to get explained and run through and everything else. Uh, So, yeah, that's going to be the main thing. Starting at like noon Pacific time. And... Before that, we'll probably be some warm-up stuff in Destiny. Uh, afterwards, though, I'll probably be focusing on completing everything in Festival of the Lost, the Halloween Destiny event. After that is... I really need to start working on that. I yeah. haven't done anything. After that is completed, I'll be switching to the Hunt Showdown and doing that Halloween quest line. I'll either be doing that solo or with some friends. We'll see if I can get some to drop in. But odds are, honestly, I think, because it's a Saturday... A good amount of friends might hop on and uh, help me out there. Uh, that's going to... I'm not sure how long that will take, honestly. Uh, just because it's also a, a weird Halloween quest line that is a little grindy. Uh, and then after that, I'll probably be finishing off with the Cycle Frontier. And I'll just be progressing through the season pass for that. 
I'm kind of using all this as an excuse to get these things done, but uh, it's pretty much just going to be that kind of thing. I doubt I'll finish the season pass recycle before the 24 hours is up. Depending, we'll see how it goes. If I do, though, if I do, I'll probably switch back to either the hunt or destiny uh, just to get more done. Um, unless like I I'm, feel kind of crazy and I'm like, let's just do some God of War or something. But odds are I'll probably just stick to uh, PC for most of it. Destiny 2, I think I'll play on PS5. We'll see. But uh, at least for Cycle and Hunt, that'll be on PC. Destiny, like I said, we'll see if it's going to be PS5, PC. And then if we did have time, God of War, I'd be doing like a new game plus mode before the Ragnarok release. Oh, and the first one. Yeah, just like a, a speed run yeah, on I guess PS5. It's just, uh, next weekend, it's like that the second one won't be out just yet. Yeah. Uh, to follow me on Twitch, it's also in the show notes, like I said. But uh, my username is GoGoComzilla, so you can find me there. Uh, like I said, all proceeds are going to charity. It's going to be uh, the children's hospitals uh, that are getting it for the one I'm representing. It's going to be the UCSF Benioff Children's Hospital here nice. in the Bay Area of California. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to aim for like 300 maybe. We'll see how it goes. But that's at least my minimum goal, if not like 350, because uh, I think last year it was 300. So I'm going to try to like, go for tree fitty. Tree fitty. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, sorry if the Loch Ness Monster. God damn Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> I can be doing a tree fitty. Oh my I don't God, know why that's like a... ass. <laughs> I don't know why that joke was like so funny. It's like so stupid, but like, dude, if you still say so it now, well. just anytime anyone sees 350, if you know, and you know, it's like, oh, yeah. perfect. Uh, I'm so glad I have my mask off to drink this water. Yep. So that's all the, I guess, like kind of housekeeping stuff I wanted to get done there. A lot of information, but uh, that's going on. Oh, also before I forget, I'll say it now first again, because we'll repeat some of this stuff again at the end of the episode, but uh, no episode next week, uh, just because, well, most likely no episode next week. We'll see. Uh, just because I'm doing Extra Life, uh, I'll probably be finished around like Sunday, 10 to 12 a.m. p.m. depending on what's going on if like i'm trying to finish something i'm like you know what screw it i'll just keep going until i finish this or uh maybe breaks or something take longer there or something like that i'm not too sure but uh if we have time because i'll probably be asleep around noon and i'll wake up like randomly at night i'm assuming probably like eight nine like anywhere from seven to nine p.m. is when i'll wake up and that's usually when we record anyway is a little bit after nine if I have finished watching it because I'm like halfway through right now. Uh, we will talk specifically about Rings of Power in a very short episode. Uh, just just Rings of Power, nothing else. So it'd be like probably 40 minutes or something like that at max. I'm not too sure. But uh, that's a big maybe. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Uh, if not, the, week, the episode after that's just going to be probably a Super Marvel one with like Black Panther and She-Hulk and stuff. But uh, we'll see what happens for that otherwise uh that is everything i think for the intro you ready to hop into the news really fast yeah all right so we got big dc announcements i know like last time we said uh i forget what his name was now uh that was potentially going to be the i guess like kevin Feige. it's like not even hard it's hard to say what the title would be everyone just calls it the kevin feige job yeah pretty the, much basically the guy who's like the architect in charge of making sure everything all fits together in the marvel cinematic universe yeah and 
they found it in two people, which one is getting a lot more, I guess, coverage than the other. But pretty much... It's uh, kind of just like, what? Yes. It was honestly... I never would have thought this yeah. would have happened. But He's it's, done like one movie for them. Well, one movie in a show. Yeah. Both but, very successful, though. Uh, it's James Gunn. Yeah. James Gunn is joining. And he's like one of the two primary people in charge. Because it's not just him. Uh, it is also... Uh, what was his name? uh let me find it fast i already forgot his name damn it uh do you remember his name james the other guy no (laughs) damn it okay one second peter saffron so they're both uh doing it saffron uh i think was a producer on like aquaman and shazam uh and maybe a couple other movies but specifically those two uh whereas james gunn of course we know he directed the suicide squad he created Peacemaker, the show, and he's also done Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2, and the upcoming Christmas special coming out this, like, probably in two months, I think. Yeah. And then also and, Guardians of the Galaxy three. 3. Yeah. Yeah. He also did 3. And uh, everything else he's done, like, let's really fast, he's also done Super. He's done Slither. Both and very weird. he also produced like he didn't direct but he was had a big he pretty much created like i think like um what's the evil superman called uh oh, brightburn brightburn yeah which i haven't that's the only thing i haven't seen i yeah. still have to watch that but everyone that's watched it said it. it's a good deconstruction of superman of like the antithesis and stuff and yeah so the only thing i think he's done that's bad was guardians of the galaxy 2 which a lot of people like but i thought was honestly bad i thought that was a really? bad movie yes. I, I wouldn't say it was bad i still enjoyed it but i just like i had more of an emotional connection to the first one like i, th- I like that the first one actually makes me feel shit at the end whereas like the second one i'm just like that was kind of fun i guess but it just got too much like, like laughs for the sake of laughs and it yeah i think it's because sure, how good the first one was put expectations up for the second one for me to the fact that it didn't even get close to meeting him. Instead, it was yeah. just like completely opposite, which is why I give it extra shit because it was extra shit. Yeah, that's shit. why I would call it like disappointing and not necessarily just bad. Yeah. But that, that's just me. Um, But yeah, so anyway, that's all the stuff he's done. Like I said, Saffron produced some stuff and together these guys are going to be architects on the saw. And I think... Jim's guns on like a four year exclusive deal for now. I guess they want to see it's like a short term, see how it goes on development and everything else and see if this is going to work out. If it does, I'm pretty sure it'll probably get extended if anything, especially since after guardians three, he was finished with Marvel and Disney anyway. Like he was, he was all done. And yeah, with this, uh, he already has peacemaker Two, peacemaker season two in development. And there is rumor that he would be the one to direct a second Superman movie, but I'm not too sure. Uh, that the, would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, considering literally now seeing Brightburn, I could see why. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> the whole that. thing is, you know, everyone's afraid like, oh God, what would this guy do? But it's like, I think honestly, James Gunn is a, would you say a man with enough variety to cover different fields if he really wanted to like you could see all these different types of films and he has horror aspects he has comedy aspects he has more heartfelt stuff but 
I think in the right direction, he could probably actually do a Superman movie. And yeah. the whole thing being now that Henry Cavill is back as Superman, considering now he's only doing, he's finishing, I think they're filming or they're done filming season three of The Witcher, but uh, he's done with that. Liam Hemsworth is replacing yeah. him. Which is an interesting choice. Yeah, for season four onward. Uh, it's it's always weird, especially if a main character is recast. Holy shit. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, he's back as Superman. And the way they're talking about it, it's like, oh, he's going to be like, he's going to be there a lot. Like, it sounds like his own movie, other people's movies. And especially considering if he's leaving The Witcher for this, probably. Like, he's going to be all over the place. He's going to be the face of well, DC it'd be movies. nice if we got, like, more than just one Superman movie and then the rest of his appearances are just cameos in other movies. Oh, no. We're st- Dude, there's enough. Like, okay. Parasite. Livewire. Fucking uh, Metallo. Brainiac. Uh, yeah, I've been saying for years that I, I so badly want to see a good Brainiac in a movie. Like, he'd Lex- be such oh, wait, a no, cool already, already villain to see. Yeah, so there, there's still a lot you can cover. Mongol, unless they use him for Green Lanterns, but... Dude, wouldn't it be funny if Lobo showed up? <laughs> yeah, dude, they could. They could fuck it. Dude, James Gunn, Lobo, that's actually so easy. Yeah. yeah. He, there's so much there that they can do, and that's enough to do, like, hey, let's do Superman in Metropolis. Now, let's do Superman in space. Let's do a space-faring adventure Superman. They could do all of that with Henry Cavill now, and... It's going to be interesting because, I mean, obviously, all this stuff with WB Discoveries sucked for all the recent news, like cancellations, things getting pulled off HBO Max. And at the same time, it's like, it sucks. It does. And I don't like that they're kind of heartless being counters at the top to an extent. But I also get it, considering the fact that Discovery, when they merge with WB, WB apparently is in like $3 billion in debt or something. They're in some yeah, big ass debt. Way so worse than we thought. they're trying to make it so there's no debt. And because of that, that's why they're doing all this stuff. And I get it. It sucks, but I get it. And now that they're going to have a cohesive, organized DC universe, which the way they're saying it, I think they're changing it. It's not going to be DCEU anymore. It's probably going to be DCU, which also is interesting. But uh, yeah, I'm just curious to see how this goes what direction it's going to take. Um, if anything, all this news is now perfect time to <laughs> get some move on on the project of where are they all now, just yeah. to say where it all has been. And because the whole thing is that project he, just keeps getting more and more complicated because they keep changing shit up. Like every they keep years. changing shit up, but also I keep like, I mean, honestly, TikTok is the big thing that kind of threw me off. There is like, I've been focused on that doing those clip editing, like editing all those clips. Yeah. And I've been behind on that as it is because I'm like doing other stuff. But uh, yeah, that's been the big thing there. Uh, but either way, like, like I said before, like Black Adam and Harley Quinn, at least we're going to get those episodes this year, most likely. So I'll get those in and then we'll get the uh, big DC thing. Cause I don't think we'll have another movie in between anytime soon or another show really before i can get this episode out like i think i could do it yeah yeah i mean like when does shazam come out that's like the most i think that's the next one it's like march or may yeah i forget which one's like may or something next december oh my god it's the flashes in between it's shazam 2 then the flash then aquaman 2 because they switched the spots because i'm pretty sure the flash will be like 
In jail? It, no. I mean, yes, but no. <laughs> I had to do it. I meant uh, the Ben Affleck Batman stuff will be explained in The Flash, and then right. that Batman stuff will continue into Aquaman too, most likely. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Ben Affleck. So, I mean, dude, if we actually get to, if we now, we have Henry Cavill. If we can keep Ben Affleck, I will be so happy. I'll be like, dude, this is great. I know we don't like have the black suit for Superman and stuff, but actually, real fast, Henry Cavill picked that suit. Just saying, that was his own choice. Honestly, I, I liked it. I like yeah, that it I'm was fine like, with it. actually colorful. Yeah. So I get it. Like, it's I definitely get it. different than what we've seen before for like this string of movies, but like I I liked it. Yeah. But okay, uh, that's pretty much all the DC stuff. Got a little carried away there. Let's get right into the Midnight Club. Uh, so this show, shows a bummer. Yeah, it's great. I I really liked it, but goddamn, is it depressing? It's short life the show, and it's uh yeah, it the show feels long for these kids and their short lives. It's so sad. Like, but, yeah, yeah, like it never occurred to me that I mean, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, like people die young, like all the time, just shit happens but it just it never occurred to me that it would be such a problem that there would be a need for places like youth hospices yeah it just like that concept was so depressing to me that like i mean at least these kids got to like go to a place to like live out the, like whatever's left of their life with other kids going through the same thing and like have at least some fun sort of but like fuck that sucked yeah, I mean, there's always the make-a-wish when you see all the people dressed up as heroes or something. Yeah. You see them in a hospital with all these young kids, and you're just like, wait, so is the kid... Like, not even... I'm leg- legitimately like, is the kid gonna be okay? Is he just going through chemo? Or are they... Uh, is this it? And this is, like, incredibly yeah. sad, and this is their I last wish. Like, that's always... God, it's so sad, but... Yeah, like, I um, honestly, I it never... I never thought about how like there might be just like a certain point for some people in their cancer like regimen that you go through all the uh, treatments that you can do and your doctor's like sees that there's no improvement no matter what they do. And it's just like, there's literally nothing we could do for you. You are terminal at this point. Yeah. And just having to deal with that realization of like, there is nothing you can do. You are going to die sooner rather than later. It's just like so depressing. And like, I can't even imagine having to go through that, like, especially that young. So like from the get go, that show is just like such a depressing starting point. But it, I th- I was trying to describe it to a coworker when I started. There's like, it's really interesting. There's like su- supernatural shit going on sort of, but it also takes place in the youth hospice. So all the kids are going to die anyway. So like you can't, I guess, d- rely on anyone getting through the season. And then it's like, I, I liked how much that they subvert your ex- expectations for what's going on throughout the whole show. Because, like, the whole time you're like, it has to be something supernatural. There's so many clues to it. And then it ends up being like, no, nothing is supernatural. And then at the very last minute they're like, well, maybe there is something supernatural. So I was, I was just so confused by that last bit. But we'll, I guess we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, I guess first off, I had to look this up because apparently 
a lot of the the stories that the kids tell in this are based off of Chris Pike books, which I'm like, who the hell is, or Christopher Pike? And I'm like, huh. who the hell is Christopher Pike? And Christopher Pike was an author, I guess, in the 80s and maybe the 90s. I think maybe just the 80s. But um, well, the show, I think, was it took place in the 90s. Yeah. It took place in the 90s, and the whole thing was his books are the more, I guess, like, young adult versions of Goosebumps. So it was, like, Goosebumps at a higher tier Hmm. uh, back then. If it was like, oh, I like Goosebumps, but it doesn't feel not mature enough, but I guess, like... It was definitely kid-friendly. Yeah, yeah, it's less kid... Yeah, it's, like, a little bit more, I guess, teenage-friendly... And he's like, yeah, these are the Christopher Pike books. Those are where apparently a lot of the stories were coming from was those books. Interesting. Uh, the show itself like, has a lot of influence on that. Because I, I noticed all their stories kind of reflected on their own personal like fears and or like pasts. Yeah. So and like that's one of the things that I liked about this show is like even with like such a depressing setting, like the stories that all the kids were telling were just so interesting and different that like. It felt like an anthology show within its own show. Well, that's cool. the thing. It it um it kept screwing with my head because I couldn't remember the name. I knew it was The Midnight. And then I would either think Club or more notably Society because uh, of the Nickelodeon show are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. And the group in that one is the Midnight Society. And for those that don't know, back in the 90s, we had two shows. There was full anthology. One was Goosebumps, based on the books. The other was Are You Afraid of the Dark? And Goosebumps was great. It did all its stuff. Like It was like, hey, we turned the books into these show uh, episodes, and they're really fucking fun. Uh, and then they get like... Some probably didn't age too well. I think there's some good John Tron videos of him being like, let's watch and see how these are now. And it's like, oh, geez. But uh, the other being like, are you afraid of the dark? It was Nickelodeon's own thing. So it wasn't, I don't think, based on any books that I know of. I never really looked into it. It could be, who knows. But it's not Goosebumps. And the whole thing was these kids are meeting at like midnight and telling these stories in like a cool campfire area and stuff. And it's so eerie the way they do it. And it felt so good. It was like that whole aesthetic of like campfire stories. Oh my God. And at midnight, it's always that cool. Like, and they have like a ritualistic chant when they start of like to those before, to those after, to those now. Well, for this like show. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, but oh. yeah, I was oh, still talking about already for the dark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then I see this and I'm like, Oh my God, it's like the same thing a little bit. The stories obviously that they're telling are more, heartfelt and have a true meaning behind them reflecting the character that's telling it compared to like all the stuff actually happening is more of the horror like all the stuff in those stories they tell there's nothing really scary at all there's like zero yeah zero horror in expecting something like hill house or uh um the vampire one oh midnight mass midnight mass uh and then i just got this like kind of just not even ghost story show but just like kids telling ghost stories not yeah. even all ghost stories just like spooky stories i'll say the thing this to one did the time until they die yeah and ironically enough though this show i think had more jump scares than both midnight society i mean midnight society, uh <laughs> than both uh midnight mass and there's too many midnights man midnight mass yeah. and 
Hill House and Blind Manor. Like this one had more jump scares of like, hey, what's that thing in the hallway? Or yeah, like, they did the ghost uh, keeps coming out of nowhere. The old lady, the ghost lady, a few times. Yeah, I think it was more I'm than so a few hungry. at a certain point. Yeah, and it was more. It wasn't the visuals themselves. It's something for the sound design world, which is the jump scare sounds of like that. <laughs> Yeah, the, like each time if those the musical sting yeah and for this kind of thing because sometimes you don't need that you could have utter silence uh, as an example watch uh hereditary but uh you can have complete silence and still scare like stuff for people it depends how it is but um there's ones that could do it standalone there's audio that can do it standalone and there's some that need both this is in that case one that needed both because even though it's like oh no creepy ghost and stuff it relied heavily on the sound effects of like jump scare time of the sound audibly like freaking you out with the visual jumping out too. Um, I think it was fine. Like at a certain point, it was really that initial jump. Once it was done, the thing itself had zero scare factor for me. I was like, uh, okay, the jump's over. It's just the lady again. Okay. And it, it they felt, you could feel like compared to the other shows where Bly Manor and Hill House like the ghost the house would try to kill you and be like you're gonna be part of the house now or in Bly Manor this woman would just walk and be like I gotcha and then break your neck or something and be like oh fuck this one they're just like I'm hungry fucking I built this place and they're just kind of there I don't know why they're British they'd always it just happens but uh they yeah they weren't really freaky and they weren't threatening to the kids whatsoever they were just there and they were never explained except for the fact that they're like the founders of the yeah that annoyed the shit out of me that like that last minute of the show where it's just like after having you finally come to the same acceptance that the characters have to come to that like there is no changing your fate you're going to die these kids are gonna die and it's sad and it's unfair but it's gonna happen and then, like, they have this last minute where it's just like, well, m- maybe all of that, like, Paragon shit was actually real. And, like, the ghosts are actually real people. They're not just hallucinations. So some of it is real. <laughs> oh, yeah, they try, like, to, they try to say that it's, it's the meds that are making them see the ghosts yeah, which and stuff. I loved that, like, out, I guess, of, like, that they had that ability to add ambiguity to shit that, like, even all the supernatural shit that was happening like could in the end just be uh, like hallucinations and like yeah even the fact that um Ilanka and i i forget the other kid's name yeah kevin were like sharing the same hallucinations like you see uh, it too oh fuck dude yeah Yeah. like uh the the black guy what was his name oh Um, um, spencer yeah Um, he um like he was like, oh, but you told him about the hallucinations you were having, so maybe he started having his hallucinations like based off of what you told him, and it's like that's believable. So like, there's there's plenty of described ways it that well they... enough that it looked exactly the same though. Yeah, and so like, there's there's plenty of ways for them to get you to doubt everything, which is cool. And again, until the very end, where they're like, doubt everything again. <laughs> Yeah, after having come to the realization that you can't change anything well that's the thing too they 
that one is like you said more ambiguous but the one that isn't is the shadow the dark evil like the, the shadow yeah that was if you notice the only ones that saw it were the ones that were basically gonna die that was dude it was like the first time that anya saw it in the bathroom and just like you couldn't quite tell what was going on and then it just like stands up and like the eyes are glowing and you're just like whoa what the fuck was that yeah and the whole thing it being that it's it's the shadow of death and it, she's the first one to get it and it's approaching her and then she does eventually pass yeah uh one other character gets it at the end amish yeah or amish uh he's going to be the next one to die unfortunately which is sad but um the, the fact that you get the inkling of like oh man he's next that sucks especially after like everything Dude, you're hearing too he was like my favorite character too he was so upbeat when he could be at least um and he, he was the gamer nerd so yeah. like, I, I like related to him did you so uh i guess what was would be the next thing um did any of the stories really stand out to you above the others because we had two sets of stories we had the story like the actual stories they were telling and then we had the two instances of i'm coming i'm going to die and i'm living in the world that we were telling because i'm on death's door which is what happened yeah. with anya and then almost with um what was her name uh natsuki because she was almost about to die and she didn't she like survived yeah and that's the thing like it's hard for me to say that there's any one story that stands out to me because they all are memorable in different ways and like they're all really cool and each one reflects like a different thing of like i mean i guess the easiest one was kevin's because it's like his mom kind of yeah. pushing him his whole life made him tell that type of story a little bit more obviously over the top compared to what she actually did but then like her brother was sure. next and stuff how and she was doing like, it to him even his like the thing where he felt so seemed to me so sad like at the end when he's like i'm finally ready to tell my story because it felt like he wasn't just ready to tell the end of that story he was like i finally accepted that like this is the, the end. end for me yeah like, it's gonna come sooner rather than later so like might as well let you guys hear the last bit of my serial killer story yeah which is sad. Yeah. Um, so like the serial killer thing was interesting, but like I did. And again, I don't know if it's just because I'm biased because Rahul Kohli was in it, but I did really like Amish's story where it's just like, for some reason, like a few people that the few people that are left at the end of like humanity after like thermonuclear war are sent back in time by either aliens or angels or something to try to change things. And just having Rahul Kohli be like Amesh's um, future self, future self, and like trying to teach him through a video game that like the only way to win in thermonuclear war is to not play, and which is very true because like no no one wins in that kind of fight. Yeah, like it's it's insane. Like it would take an entire other podcast to explain the insanity that is ther nuclear war. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't need to. Do but that. just go watch uh, um. That game with, I mean, that movie with play uh, Metal Gear. Well, no, I was gonna. <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna say War Games with. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, just watch. No, that's War a games. pretty good one. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so that one I really liked. I also like Spencer's story of just like the whole like he was an android the whole time, and it wasn't oh, that, was that he was like recording the future through his VCR. It was just like 
he his robot body touching the tapes was imparting some of his knowledge of the future and just like but also i i was straight up like crying when Ilanka like was trying to finish her story and she couldn't and then they all finished it together so like i loved that that was really good just like god i was so like emotionally wiped out when i finished this show damn Uh, yeah, it was, um, I think for me, it was probably the Natsuki near Death's Door. That one was really interesting because the whole time I was just like, what is going on? This is so creepy and like interesting. Yeah, I think that was that one was my favorite because it was the whole thing of like, who are you two? And it's like, oh, we're you. And you're like, oh, shit. And yeah. it's both sides for the one that's like, yo, live. And the other is like, do I stay or do I go? Yeah. And she ended up choosing, but I appreciated it because like all of these stories, they were able to incorporate people from previous Mike Flanagan works. Like you said, Rahul Cooley, who was in Bly Manor and Midnight Mass, uh, was in Amish's story. But then you also had, um, what's his name? Uh, trying to find him. He's only in, oh, there you go. Henry Thomas. Uh, he plays Freedom Jack, who's in Natsuki's story. He's the guy in the car that keeps like, oh, I might have done something in the liquor store or something yeah. like that. But if you guys don't remember, he's the father in uh, Hill House. And oh. yeah, that's him. And oh. I think he's also in Bly Manor. Oh my for God, some... that's why I recognized him. Yeah, he's in Hill House. And I think he's also the uncle in Bly Manor. I'm pretty sure. But mm. uh I think he's he's in a he's also in uh Midnight Mass too. He's Ed Flynn in it, but he he's does that. Uh, you also have other people. I think in the other stories, one guy in it was um I forget his name now, but you have you have multiple people in it. You also have other cast members from those shows in this specifically, actually. Uh, Anna Simone, she was in Midnight Mass. She was uh, the girl in the wheelchair that was able to walk. Right. In this one, she was the Christian girl. Yeah. Yeah, she was Sandra. Uh, and I'm then, glad at least one of those kids might get to survive because it's not like she's cured. It's just that, like, maybe they said the you get to live working. twice. They're like, yeah. you're the practical survivor of Midnight Mass and you're in the survivor in the Midnight Club. And it's like, not that I have anything specifically against religion, but it's just like, it is annoying to me that conveniently the one person that gets to maybe uh, survive their cancer is the religious one. Yeah. Uh, You're just like, oh shit. Uh, the other one so being No, she's just going to believe it harder now. I know. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, terrible. Zach Gifford, though, he plays the orderly, I guess, that helps out Spencer a lot and takes yeah. him like and stuff. He plays, the orderly's name is Mark, but he's uh, Riley in Midnight Mass, the one that sacrifices himself Mm. when he turns into a vampire. Right. So everyone just keeps coming back, and I really appreciated that. Uh, One last, uh, two two more. I love how it's, I don't know why this annoys me, but it's also like interesting. But I noticed when I finished Midnight Mass, no, sorry, Midnight Club, that it says on Netflix like part of the Flaniverse, and I was just like, "Yeah, you're fucking kidding me!" But they're not even related. But it's because Netflix and Flanagan, he keeps doing stuff. For, they have like a deal. I know where he keeps doing stuff for them, so that's why. But uh, another one was Robert Longstreet. He played uh, the janitor in this one. In those two episodes, one being like, uh, 
the guy who was like changing the sheets whatever, yeah or someone died natsuki talked to him first and then uh he's like the nicest guy to talk about death with yeah yeah he he plays uh the um the guy that runs hill house the one that's like the dude that helps out but he's never there at night he's like we never come at night but then like he takes his dying wife there so she becomes part of the house just yeah. like her their daughter did uh he's in that he's also a minute mass he was um the drunk guy who ends up getting killed by the the priest he was oh, the one that yeah. shot the girl yeah that's him so he's all of it and then one last one samantha sloyan who plays shasta aka um was her she name? Look familiar what do i know julia she was in midnight mass she was bev keen the the crazy oh, christian the lady bitch. the fanatic yeah Ah, so, so she's she's a crazy fanatic in both these sh- uh, things. Then yes, but this one at least she comes off nice before she betrays you. <laughs> and the other one, you you just outright know like you. Dude, fucking she was suck. willing to like. I okay. I I hate to say that I can kind of understand her thinking of like, well, this this girl's gonna die anyway, so why not kill her to like faster? I guess get put her out of her misery, and then I get to live. But yeah, that's shitty. <laughs> yeah so it's just like there's something so creepy about how like as she's escaping out like out the elevator she's like smiling the whole time yeah like ah i got away with it Ah, what are you gonna do i think there's so there's so many i guess layers to this show like you okay you have the kids telling the stories you have the stories themselves you have the on death's door experiences you have the ritual, supernatural, we're, like, gonna do some crazy shit to stop death area. Dude, I was, like, also crying, um, pretty much crying my eyes out for, like, when they were doing the ritual for Anya. And I was just like, yo, even if this doesn't work, like, what a way to go. To just yeah. have so many people show you that they're literally willing to do, like, blood fucking sacrifice to try to save your life is just like at least you know people care about you like that yeah and then she ends up more or less dying from it or not really dying from it but she was gonna i mean well she was, she was already... dying anyway she yeah. was literally like her body was going into sepsis which is like usually one of the last things i think that happens before you die like depending on how sick you are from cancer because you're just your immune system just like fails yeah but you can see like all these kids have <clears throat> each one had a dream. Each one had plans to do stuff like Alonka was like, I am literally incredibly smart. And I was going to go. Where, where was she going to go to? Oh, yeah. No, that was like, one of the saddest things, too. Is like she was literally about to go to college. She yeah. was like, I forget the name. Stanford? Of the... Was it Stanford or was oh. it? She was going to go to a big school because yeah. she was like the second smartest kid. Yeah, she uh, wasn't like valedictorian. It was like one under which i I didn't didn't even realize that's there's a specific term for that but yeah so you know she was gonna do that uh kevin was an athlete and i forget what the other ones were but you know based on their stories you could tell what they wanted to do like amish probably wanted to be game developer yeah and the others uh not as obvious but or i mean like i guess anya was more like ballet and all this other shit she was dealing with she lost a leg yeah, and then she was kind of divided up and everything else. But uh, 
overall, like, I mean, I feel like there's not too much to say with each kid individually. Like, you can kind of get everything from them pretty fast. Like, there's nothing really to say if you've already watched it. Like, there's no further dissection necessary. Because they, I think they do such a good job of just giving it flat out that there's not much else, if that makes sense. I don't know. I just, I think it's interesting that, like, even from the get-go, you know all of these kids are terminally ill. Yes. So, you you don't want to get connected to any of them because you're like, they're all going to be gone anyway, eventually. But they still, over the course of even just like a few episodes, I got so invested in all of them that yeah. I was just like, I don't want any of them to die. So that's why I was so depressed at the end of the show. And it's like, there is no changing fate. They're just, yeah, dead. pretty much. Uh, I did think though, the interesting ending of both like, I mean, of uh shasta being what was it julietta was that her name yeah which i kind of saw that coming like a long time ago just because like they both had the red hair but it's just like but just of her being betraying them because the whole thing was like she conquered it the first time without having to do all that stuff like it was just more mysterious than anything and then she was like oh crap it's coming back and was like well the only other thing i could think of is doing that blood sacrifice that yeah her predecessor did more or less and I don't I mean, obviously, I don't think it worked for her. Well, it's interesting because like, or actually the, might have kind the of. caretaker lady. I, I keep forgetting her name. Um, Are you she, talking about uh, Dr. Gloria or something? Georgina. Georgina. Uh, she like Heather Langenkamp, which uh, Heather Langenkamp, I just really want to say really fast. She is uh, the survivor from Nightmare on Elm Street. She was the girl from that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that was, I, I, when I looked at her IMDb, I was like, oh shit, that's Nancy Thompson. Holy crap. Who's in uh, the first and third Nightmare on Elm Street. So that was a really big deal, I thought. But yeah, she has a moment where she's talking to Alonka that like, you know, people look for extreme ways to try to change their fate and try to save themselves. But like people like, um, the, the crazy lady, I forget her name. Uh, not Bev Keen. <laughs> uh, she she never accepted that like it wasn't magic that saved her. She just got lucky, and like that does happen. So again, it's just like don't believe in any of the supernatural stuff. Sometimes it just happens this way. Yeah. And then at the very end, it's just like again the showing that she at some point was connected to the Paragon Society that like. Okay, well, maybe then everything that she was saying was bullshit, and maybe she was actually cured by magic, and maybe it would have worked this time, but we'll never know because it they didn't finish the ritual th- like this time. I don't know. Yeah, hard and to the, say. You know, why I'm like, I hope that there might be a season two, but I kind of doubt it. I mean, the whole thing too with uh, Georgina was like when she takes off the wig, and you're like, oh shit, she's also like she had to deal with all of it but when you see the hourglass on the back the only thing you could think of is is she athena is she the daughter of the woman yeah, that, was that did the all the rituals in the first place i like, think that's what it was because it's really interesting because like w- the only thing we got from the mother or like the person who was like the head of the paragon society was that like i don't talk to my daughter anymore basically yeah but we don't she doesn't say like where she went or anything so yeah, maybe she does. Although it'd be weird if like she was in charge of like 
the hospice on like literally the same exact land and her mom just never knew but i don't know well that's she never said she doesn't know where she is she's just like we don't talk yeah but i think that's really everything i'll just say um i think samantha who played uh shasta i think she does a really good job with her roles because she yeah she made us hate her as Bev Keen. And in this one, like she, it, it's like that you, the way she talks, you feel there's something weird each time. And it's, it's really good. It's really well done. Well, like I love her speech when, uh, Alonka is trying to say like, you know, you probably think I'm crazy for coming out here. Cause like supposedly there was like one girl who came to this place and then disappeared and was healed and then left and she was, and she survived. And, uh, again, I keep forgetting her name. The, uh, Shasta Shasta. She's just like, that's not crazy. And she goes into like a whole conversation about how, like, you know, we used to believe in all these things in the old world. And like n- now those things are called crazy. And like the pharmaceutical sh- like industry is t- uh, telling us that like that's all crazy. Take our pills. That's the same thing to do, which is like that's a whole other argument. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like it was still just like I- interesting that like, yeah, maybe the old perspectives aren't exactly wrong they're just outdated but they still might work yeah depending on what it is yeah no it's it's an interesting concept which is why like it gives you enough hope that like again i totally understand alanka being like i am on death's door if i don't do something i will die soon so might as well try the old gods otherwise yeah i think that's yeah all of it Ready for the next thing? Yeah. Werewolf by Night, the Marvel Disney Plus special. Uh, I'll just go right ahead and say this. In this whole, I guess, I mean, you'd call it phase four. I call it the pandemic era of Marvel. <laughs> but uh, either way, this, besides Shang-Chi, I would say is probably the best that they've done this whole phase, or at least I would consider uh, a high quality. Um, Possibly. I mean, I had a lot of fun with it. And the fact that it's like not even an hour long is crazy. How much fun I had with it in such a short period of time. Yeah. I think ironically, I mean like the, the pro of this coming out is like, Oh my God, this is so much fun. This is great. The con of it is just, you look at then everything else they've done. And I'm like, ah, I just needed this. I didn't need any of you other things. <laughs> Again, it's just nice that this thing was like not really connected to anything else. Like it was easy. It was short. It was it was pulp. Yeah, it there's was like, fun pulp. It was campy. There's like background lore stuff that like it's kind of connected to, I guess. Like, dude, I lost my shit when Man Thing showed up because I was like, I cannot believe. I didn't think that they would put man thing in anything like anytime soon yeah. or ever even. Cause he's like such an obscure character. Like he's basically Marvel's swamp thing, but also came after swamp thing in creation. And usually I guess uh, just, so. uh, just disclaimer guys, if there's ever a character from DC and Marvel that feel very similar, I'll tell you right now. And this is not even, this isn't choosing one over the other. 
I can almost guarantee you each time the Marvel one is probably a copy of the DC one. Most each of the time. time. Even like look at Thanos. Thanos is a copy. But can you keep going? The only okay. thing I can think of off the top of my head is like Namor might have come out before uh Aquaman. Aquaman. That might be but... like the only one, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Nah, but like um even though so at least like so Man Thing is basically Marvel Swamp Thing, but not, not the quite same. as interesting. He's not and like plant powered, not... like he's not the avatar of the green or anything like that. Well, he's somehow connected to something called the Nexus of All Things, which I don't know I don't know how to explain that, but it's just somehow less interesting of a concept as the green. And it just seems like Swamp Thing is much more important in the DC more of the time than Swamp than Man Thing ever is in DC in uh Marvel. Cause he in all the Marvel comics I've read, which not it's not that many, but he just he's never really talked about like he's kind of his own side thing namor was created two years before aquaman okay 1939 namor aquaman 1941 yeah you it's yeah okay yeah so there you go yeah though they are very different one talks to fish and one does yeah no it's just they just both happen to be underwater heroes that's it yeah (laughs) and both kings of atlantis (laughs) yeah yeah i guess Aquaman kind of is a copy of namor but they were just like what if he had more clothes and talked <laughs> to fish and they're like oh, that, that makes sense uh okay so we're all finite though it's 50 minutes long and it's not big on plot i mean it, it has a plot but i mean it's not like in your face it's not dialogue heavy it's very much just action and when i say action there's like blood and gore and Dude, dismemberment I, and it's I so love, much fun i'm almost certain that's why they put it in black and white for the most part is so that they could just have like gallons of blood well here's the thing too apparently when they were creating it they kept going farther and farther because they're like no one's saying no let's just see how far we can go because <laughs> why not like that's if funny. no one's stopping us let's just keep going and that is the the people that made this I appreciate them so much because of this, because they were like, you know what, let's just see what we can do and have fun with this. And they did something that didn't feel crazy. It didn't feel like you had to watch other shit for it, which Shang-Chi, same thing. Why I said I loved it so much, because you don't have to do anything else. You could just watch these individual things and not give a shit about the rest of that fucking thing that's crushing your everything in life of like, oh my God, you have to watch 35 movies and like 80 shows and shit so i love how they somehow made it believable that the head hunter dude who like owned the amulet before he died like one of his final wishes is like yeah turn me into an animatronic and have me tell people what to do you know they turned him into zoltar i loved it it was great it's like i was like watching it and i was like what the fuck is going on right dude now? that was so good i was i was just like what is happening it's uh, i i it was talking okay so i was watching it and i was in a discord server when i was watching it so i ended up streaming it from some for some friends and we're watching it and i just i talked to my friend i'm like yo kevin when I die, turn me into that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it'll be great. And he was the one that brought up like, oh, you could be like Zoltar. And I'll be like, yeah, dude, it'll be great. I'll give people bullshit fortunes. <laughs> and I'll just fuck with them the whole time. I'd love that. But uh, yeah, that was ridiculous. Uh, they brought in Bloodstone. So here, here's the thing. There, there's a reason why I have a show dedicated to DC and not Marvel. Uh, 
DC, I'm into the comics. I've watched the cartoons growing up. I've done so much stuff, the games, everything. Like, I'm very much, like, into the world of DC, where even if it's an outlying one and I might not know too much, there's a chance I'll probably know enough, I guess you could say, depending on what it is. Whereas Marvel, it's not that I don't... It's like nothing against Marvel. It's just that I don't know it as well because I ended up with DC. So when it comes to this kind of stuff, I'm like... I don't know what this is. I don't know who that is. I don't know too much about that specific thing. I might know them by name, but I'm not going to really like, it's not going to click. Like, let's say Man-Thing. I yeah. barely know anything about Man-Thing, honestly. Uh, so when I'm watching it, I'm like, I know for a fact, if I read more Marvel comics, I'd probably be even more excited to see Man-Thing. And I knew exactly, I knew what he was because he's always in backgrounds of other comics from Marvel and stuff. And they'll always put him in like horror stuff. But uh the bloodstones are in marvel 2 in the magic area uh i don't really know anything about it but i know that's yeah, a thing i've heard the name about them either in marvel comics before so i was like oh shit it's bloodstone and then i'm like anything further i'm like all right i said the name that's about that's my that's the extent of my knowledge so there you go but I do like that they're going into that area of magic that we're not really getting. Because, I mean, you think magic, you're thinking Doctor Strange. And, you know, that's fine. But that's more like sorcery than like ma magical magician type stuff. Or like, I guess there's sorcery and then there's people, like the supernatural, if that makes these sense. These people kind of like struck me more like Constantine. Where they're just like side people that hunt down like mythical creatures and shit like that. More like Blade. Uh, it's yeah, like blade because blade is spe <laughs> blade specializes in vampires these people just go for any monster and yeah. they're called death dealers which i'm like i've heard this name before and i'm like trying to think i'm like what Mar was it a blade it was in blade i heard this and i'm like no it wasn't it was in underworld and it was the vampires uh. and it were death dealers and i'm like what <laughs> all these fucking names i uh, like one of the hunters though did like she straight up looked like a fucking vampire <laughs> Oh, the the David Bowie looking one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, right? That looked like David Bowie, right? I was like looking at her like... You the look whole really... time I was expecting like to learn more about them because I wanted to know more about that one. <laughs> they all died. Yeah, that was uh, Azrael, which... Uh, I'm like, wait, why do they have Azrael? Okay. Uh, which Azrael, for those who don't know, if that's actually a Marvel character... It's not as big as the DC one. Azrael is a very yeah. big DC Christian knight character who has a lot of brainwashing and was Batman for a bit. But uh, yeah, there was Azrael. There was uh, Leorn, which was the dude that got his hand cut off or his arm cut off by uh, Elena. Dude, uh, or not, I Elsa. Like, yeah, she cut off his arm with the crossbow and then used his own hand to fire the crossbow into his neck. Uh, Brasso, who was the dude with the sword. Uh, and then you had um, Joe Vaughn, this big Scottish guy with yeah. the axes. Those those were really good. And then uh, Verusa, who was the, I guess, technically the stepmom, which was weird. Because the whole thing, you're like, oh, okay, so there's Elsa Bloodstone and her father. But, you know, her mom's dead. And then she's like, uh, or I think her mom's dead. But uh, you have Verusa, who's like, and he was a fine lover. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I see, like, even if, for the storytelling, what I appreciated about this was it's very much, like, if you get it, you get it. Like, you're able to figure out without them ever saying too much, like, okay, Elsa left, 
she didn't like her dad and she didn't like her stepmom that was pretty much being whatever she was trying to do. And she was like, I'll just go live with my real mom, but still wanted to like get what she was owed in the bloodstone itself and uh, went through this whole hunt. And it's very simplistic. There's nothing like super. I think what I like about this is it's very simple, but it's not turn your brain off. It's not turn your brain off of like, oh, it's super complicated. Like from what I haven't watched it still, but people tell me that's the case with Tenet where yeah, I still need to get around to that one. Yeah, I still have to as well. I think, like I said, I, I was like, oh, it's a theatrical film. I watched it in theaters. I left theaters and I'm like, well, I guess I can't ever watch it. Um, nah, I just I didn't hear anything like particularly in- interesting about it. People's uh, everyone I talked to said it was fun and it's enjoyable, mm-hmm. but you have to turn off your brain. Don't think mm-hmm. hard about it. And I was like, fuck, uh, that sucks. What the hell? Are you what, what's wrong with you, Nolan? Like, I thought you were good at this stuff. But uh, for this, it's very simplistic, but you don't have to turn your brain off. You're just like, yo, just watch it and you'll have a good time. There's nothing complicated and it's not just brain dead. There's things you could like notice if you just pay attention but otherwise, like, you either pay attention and notice, like, little extra things like, oh, she had a bad relationship with her father, stepmother, and all this stuff. Or you just go, I like the violence. And I do like the violence. So yeah. I got both. And I was yeah, very like happy the, with the it. the fight choreography was actually really good in this. Yes. And, you know, there wasn't too much overall. It was, like, somewhat short. Because, uh, like, you have the first fight with the dude with the little hand crossbow. And then you have uh, not too, like... There's not really much else of a fight because Man Thing just kind of comes in, puts his hand on Jovan's head, and is like yeah. incinerated punk. So I had to look that up to be like, what the fuck does Man Thing even do? And like, apparently he can sense other people's emotions, and apparently when he senses fear, he sends to like sweat a chemical that like burns Melts? you. Oh, okay, that's so what it was. that's why like when he ran up at people that were like screaming at him he just like touched them and they just like burned away which is why he's a good horror oriented character because it's fear mm-hmm. he's yep. like a he's like an acidic yellow lantern <laughs> kind of and like dude like literally his his origins are almost exactly like swamp thing too except i think swamp thing got rewritten a bit when alan moore rewrote him i think but like i, might I mean swamp thing's very environmental at this point and very green yeah. and all this stuff and actually that's why like, i like swamp thing because he's literally he is the environmental hero so man thing is literally like a dude who is a researcher or a scientist who is i think again he was trying to recreate the captain america serum and he like injected himself with it and got like into a car wreck where he got like thrown into a swamp and he just like became a swamp thing i feel like I could be wrong, but I think in I saw it in, in a part of one comic, but I'm pretty sure there's now more than one man thing. Like they could have as many man things as they want, or at least like a, a small amount. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I've seen multiple in like panels of some comics somewhere. So that could be a thing. And I'm pretty sure they were like the canon, not like, you know, little Halloween specials or something. I'm not too sure. But uh, that I think is a thing. Uh Otherwise, you had Jack Russell, who is the werewolf. And, you know, I've never... When it comes to Marvel, uh, I've said it before, like, the thing I'm into when it comes to the comics, I read all the X-Men comics, or a good amount of them. That's my thing for Marvel. It's X-Men. If DC, let's say in this case, if DC ever died uh, in terms of the comics, which actually could potentially happen, considering they're $3 in debt and they're trying to, like, 
compact things and get rid of shit, uh, there is a chance DC Comics could end. Uh, but uh, if that ever happened, I, it's like what characters would I ever go into uh, instead from Marvel? Because it's like I do love the X-Men, but I'd want a little bit extra that area that Batman and other characters covered. And I'm like, oh, that's easy. I'd go for the street characters from Marvel, like Daredevil, Punisher, uh, Ghost Rider, Moon Knight, and Blade are like the ones I always think of when uh, I think of like the Marvel area that would interest me if it weren't for the fact that I already had enough characters to invest into. But uh, the supernatural aspect of like werewolves and Bloodstone and stuff have always intrigued me uh, that they can even do that. But also I'm like, when did they do these comics for like werewolf by night and everything else? Cause it's supposed to be that then there is a werewolf that occurs yeah, in the comics. I, and it wasn't it actually it a comic title itself. Werewolf by night was like a one shot. I think they did like a long ass time ago. Really? Yeah. Um, you, also, I, I bet you anything they're going to bring it back. Yeah, I could see that. So I just looked it up and I don't know if like, Maybe the publishing order just happened to ha- happen this way and like Swamp Thing might have been made first. I don't know. But apparently Mar- Man Thing and Swamp Thing came out in the same year. But Man Thing came out in May 1971 and Swamp Thing came out in July. Really? Yeah. That is shot. I did not know that. Yeah, I was like that. I, I literally would have totally believed this Swamp Thing was the first because like, again, so many more people know Shit. about Swamp Thing. No one knows who the fuck Man Thing is. Yeah. I mean, Swamp Thing has two movies. but They're not good, but he has two movies. And then there's like uh, the... Yeah, I'm still mad. HBO that Max show that got canceled. That I was literally about to mention that. I'm so mad that I that's still haven't watched it yet. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like saving it. I'm like, I'm going to wait and then we'll talk about it on, on Cut of Steel because we'll go behind the scenes of yeah. like what happened. Because like, I won't... I do have insider info a little bit of what happens so like man thing is such an obscure character for most people that i literally was telling a co-worker after i watched this like uh i guess short it's because it's like it's a movie but it's not like a full movie anyway like after watching werewolf by night i was telling a co-worker about it and i was like yeah they, they have this like a really cool like cameo appearance for a character that like i never expected to see in a marvel thing because like it's so obscure but it's like literally so obscure that I'm worried that most people will see that monster and just be like, oh, that's an interesting looking monster and literally have like no fucking clue what that is actually an important thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe a man thing is more important to Marvel than I actually think. Uh, I mean, he gets miniseries, I think, and is in stuff every now and again because yeah. he's like one of those. There's certain Marvel characters I feel like that they like to utilize. It's like man thing, Howard the Duck uh and some other stuff where they don't really feel in line with everything but when they can throw them in there it's i guess like a good time yeah but uh marvel did also like the reference that it's like well what what do you what do i call this like monster thing ted call him ted because like that is actually apparently the name of the the researcher that became man thing really yeah (laughs) oh that's actually that's good that i I appreciate that because that that does make it better where i'm like ah they're trying to do like dumb humor and it's like no no it's, it's, it's an actually like deep reference yeah that's pretty i did love that good. like when at, at the end when man thing comes out of nowhere and like takes out the aunt lady and just like starts walking towards like uh what's her bloodstone elsa elsa bloodstone and she's just like uh uh 
No, he kind of looks, he shrugs, he's like, which way? Like, and she's like, he went that way. Well, well, uh, like the first time he shows up, oh, she's that, just like, oh, it kills Jovan. He kills the oh, Scottish Oh, no, I guess guy. that was earlier. Yeah, yeah, that's how you get confused there. Okay. And she's just like, uh, Ted? And he's just like, huh? Oh. Oh, hey. Uh, yeah. Okay, hi. <laughs> and she starts yeah. explaining. That was good. Uh, yeah. I also like the twist that, like, the main character, um, Russell? Russell. Or no, like Jack Russell. Yeah, Jack. I love his awesome. name is Jack Russell. It's so fucking funny. But like, like I love that he is like, they set him up as like a hunter that's got like over a hundred like kills under his like belt or whatever. But he might actually just be like helping monsters to like escape. I, I think it depends. So maybe it sounds like he kills monsters as a werewolf that need to die but it'll save the ones that needs oh. like it's like he it he chooses kind of so it's like That'd if it's one that seems like it has to go he's like all right i'll be a werewolf and take care of it because that's the thing what he says he's like all those kills was me but it wasn't me like yeah. he, he says like he did all that uh, i guess stuff. i missed that yeah like huh yeah like i i also just like i love that they go with like uh practical werewolf thing he literally just like looks like the wolf man that was such a good werewolf i was so i appreciated that design so freaking much but then they also do shit like him like kind of hanging from the ceiling and just like looking all creepy and like his the the eyes glowing and then just like just showing how actually legitimately dangerous he is and like why he was so worried that like if i turn if i don't do all this like prep stuff I might kill Elsa, like, without even thinking about it. Well, that's the thing. He he gave multiple things where he's like, yo, let me sniff you and stuff, get your scent, because... Yeah, I have to remember you. Yeah, and make eye contact. She's like, how many times has this worked? He's like, once. Dude, uh, I love that shot where he's like, they're doing just, like, the silhouette of him transforming, and she's just, like, having to stare directly at the camera. And she's scared as all hell. Time. Yeah. yeah. I, I, dude, the... Doing it in the shadow... All right, one, that saved them money. But two... Yeah. which i'm completely fine with i think it's i like though i prefer them doing the shadows than actually doing a full transformation i've seen transformations and they're awesome but i love the shadows because of how extra pulpy it became because that's something you'd see yeah. in a comic book panel of that kind of thing where it's like you see the shadow rising that itself like this special i felt all the love and care put into this it was like let's do let's just have a good time it, like, it let's almost have a felt good like, fucking it, like a universal time. monster movie yeah it it felt classical in the best ways possible and it's like not even nostalgia hitting it's just creativity yeah. uh the way they're pulling it off and i, I do want to point out too the director was michael giacchino which you might not know him from directing because this is his first feature length direction. He's only done three things, including this. He did a short film. He did an episode of a Star Trek short or something. And he did this. So he, these are the three things he's done because he's a composer. Oh, interesting. Yeah. If I, hmm. if I recall correctly, I want to look this up really fast, but there's a film that recently came out this year that has a killer soundtrack. Yep. You know what it's called? It's called The Batman. He <laughs> directed he composed the Batman soundtrack and he's done multiple other ones. He actually I pre, he his early start, he did Middle of Honor Frontline 
and yeah a lot of composers it looks like they start off in games and then eventually get into film which is insane but uh yeah he did the batman music and this is like his first directorial thing and this dude is a i'm pretty sure i mean he's an american composer but you can kind of tell by the name he's italian uh so it's really fun just hearing all the stuff he did and I'm pretty, let me double check really fast, because I'm curious. I mean, we know he directed, but did he also, um, did he do the music? Because he did. You know who else does that kind of thing? There's one other person I could think of that does that, and that's John Carpenter. Oh, uh, yeah. So that it's got that John Carpenter style a little bit. Even though Carpenter, I think, also wrote his stuff, whereas Chiachino just directed uh, the writers for this team were actually Heather Quinn and Peter Cameron. And Heather Quinn, I believe, did... She wrote Hawkeye, and that's it. And then Peter Cameron did... He was a story editor on Carnival Row, but he also wrote Moon Knight. Okay. So, I don't know. I, I really appreciated this. I thought it was really well done. I think it comes in the opposite of what I've been saying recently, where certain Marvel shows I feel like should be longer, not CW length long where I want to kill myself, but like uh, enough where there's room to just do everything you need to do. You feel like you've gotten everything done in it and you don't feel like it's shortened. Like Miss Marvel is the biggest to suffer from it so far because there was a lot of stuff that they kind of rushed through and yeah, it's a character I really wanted to see. To yeah. Stew on everything. A character that you, it's like, Oh my God, this is literally current day Spider-Man and you somehow screwed it up by not having enough episodes in it and then rushing through a bunch of stuff. But otherwise like you could feel the character herself being amazing and the culture use in it really good, but it's just, yeah, it suffered from length. Uh, whereas certain other things explain our villains motivations nah not at all (laughs) the other thing being like oh hey what about uh other shows being too long and werewolf by night somehow is this perfect thing of like you know not everything needs to be a series but also certain things can and this works as a special so well and i honestly would prefer more specials over more shows i was about to say that like i love the idea of just every once in a while for just either a holiday or just like just because someone thinks of the cool project to do like yeah they just do one of these specials it's like it doesn't even need to be an hour long it's just like a fun little experience yeah because i mean let's think like we've gotten so many things now from like this year and last year wandavision captain america winter soldier uh, or Cap, what? So many Falcon things you forget about a bunch of them. Yeah, Loki, and then Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, She Hulk, and you know that's. I can't on, believe that was all this last year. And that's on top of, I mean, that's 2021, 2022, on top of like all the Star Wars ones too, because they, you know, even though they're different universes, they tend to kind of mesh together from the same type of formats. I have been really liking Andor, though. I'll give you that. I'm excited to watch it, honestly. I've been looking forward to it when I get to eventually watch it. But, like, 
uh, all this stuff going nonstop, you know, like I said before, it's it's tiring. And especially like Disney's treating it like, hey, we're the only streaming service you have where it's like, yo, I have like eight streaming services. This is killing me right now. Can you give me a break so I can get to these other ones, please? Uh, we also like, own Hulu. Watch Hulu. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I can't breathe. So like I said, it turns like enjoying like literal entertainment into kind of like chores half the time sometimes. Yeah. But it's homework. Ha- yeah. Having, especially because for us, because we do yeah. these for the shows. I mean, that's kind of our own fault, but still, you know, you get what I mean. Yeah. We and, choose this. Yeah. Where's the special, like a special like this? And I see, you know, we're getting another one with the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. I'm actually a but, little bit more excited for that now. Yeah. it's If it's going to also be like 45 minutes or something, yeah. I'm completely good with that. Uh, so give us more specials. Give us small stuff like that. I'm not saying get rid of all these shows completely. I'm just saying like do one less show a year and instead replace that with like two specials or one special. Like it doesn't, I get you guys want to cover the whole year, but stop it, please. <laughs> like do these, do, do these cool Dude, things. Do a Captain America 4th of July thing. <laughs> oh my God. That'd be fun. Yeah. You could, Oh my God. Yeah. You could do that. Holy shit. That's not a bad idea. That'd be yeah. fun. So yeah, we're off by night. Like I think in terms of Disney plus stuff, Number one, Marvel Disney Plus uh, content so far, easily. Uh, Of phase four, number two, only to Shang-Chi. And I would say it's probably in the upper echelon of Marvel MCU stuff overall, just because it's fun, it's pulpy. You don't need to watch anything else with it. And it's just enjoyable. And it's got black and white blood, which is fun. And I I really appreciated that they were like, okay, so if blood's not like super gory realistic we can get away with a lot of shit and just have blood fucking everywhere <laughs> like i i forget there was like a moment where someone got like a hand cut off or whatever and then like i think elsa like flipped them or whatever and just blood just went fucking everywhere yeah it went, it went some of the camera was covered in blood that was yeah. really fun that was that was also good i'm like this is great everything about this is great uh that is real finite uh next up is the terror season two aka the terror infamy and this one i don't think will take as long uh, it's because i'm pretty sure james you talked about it here before yeah like uh, I, I don't remember liking it as much as the first season but it was interesting i had a lot of appreciation with it just because i mean the way i think both of these seasons do a thing is let's give them a monster or some spirit or something to deal with but the thing is practically invincible. Like each time you yeah. try to take it down, it just keeps coming back, which is, you know, horrifying in that kind of way. But uh, with it being like, oh, this was a woman who was going to be like a bride who comes to America and then gets screwed over, loses her kids to adoption because she can't support them, dies via suicide, and then comes back as a spirit because she wasn't ready to move on. Uh, you know turns into like a whole i'm gonna kill everyone that either wronged me or gets in the way of me getting my kids back in one form or another and everything about it is i thought it was really well done because one it manages to give you two types of horror one being supernatural horror that doesn't exist to that type of extent in real life the other being historical horror 
of, hey, remember when we did this fucked up thing and imprisoned a bunch of Japanese people during the war because they just looked like the people we were fighting? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was I like... I find that setting really interesting. Yeah, and I can't... I felt extra bad because it's like, hey, on top of being, like, screwed over by your country, there's also a fucking Japanese ghost trying to kill you. And I'm yeah. like, dude, it's not fair. That's fucked up. But it's really well done. Uh, I appreciated everything they did. I especially thought it was very interesting that they were able to get, um, what's his name? Um, Star Trek. Uh, oh, my. Oh, um, uh, George Takai. George Takai to be in it because, if people don't know, he was actually in an internment camp in World War II. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, he's a Japanese-American, and he was in there. And they even show pictures in the credits of him there. I knew it before that. Uh, I actually think I had a neighbor too that lived on my yeah, block. Yeah, no, su- younger. super props to him for actually even like being willing to live through that again in a sense. Yeah. to do this show. So yeah, it was yeah he did a great job in it, and yeah. I was very happy he did not die either. I was like, oh thank God, but he almost did. That was the crazy part. Like I think one of the. Like, I don't want to get into every detail, but I, I just want to specifically say, I think the two scenes that hit me, uh, one was, like, it actually got me emotional, which the first season didn't, just because it was more just, like, horror, and it was really cool yeah. with the aesthetic and everything else. This one had more emotional damage as well. And it actually did, like, get me to tear up, I would say, in one part, and actually cry in another part. But uh, the part that made me tear up was... To Kai, you're like, uh, he's on a road and he sees a friend who's like an older old Japanese person. He's oh, like, oh my god, I, I haven't seen you that. since I've been in Japan. And he's like, yeah, man, I live, uh, I still live in Hiroshima. And like, he's like, just, really? And he's like, yeah. And uh, like, yeah, I have just my like whole the family. Knowledge of like, that must have been the exact moment the bombs were dropped. And he's like, my whole family, they're with me now. And you're like, what? And it's and such a cool, entire family it, it's, line. it's such a well done, like camera pan. And it's, yeah, it's his, his it's like just, kids, such his a grandkids. Good way of doing, like showing the impact of like what dropping those bombs did to yeah. those cities. Like, and that's just like one family. And like to the, how many family lines did we just like end Yep. in a blink of an eye? Mm-hmm. and Twice. it was and it was you know it's crazy because like you know George Takai's character in it is like am I dead too and he's like uh maybe I'm not too sure and it was like a dream and it's like maybe it was one of two things one it was a dream but you knew it was real for him considering the fact that of like what just happened yeah or two he almost did die but didn't and it was like one of those things where you know like an old person could die in their sleep and stuff but uh, he didn't die, and you, you know he wakes up and everything else, and everyone's out there celebrating. And you're like, "What the hell happened?" They're like, "We dropped the bombs," and you're just like, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" And uh, that was really well done. The other part being uh, when what was his name? Uh, Chester, whose father Chester was the main character. You know, the photographer yeah. uh, goes through everything. His father, who is his adoptive father, like you know, you find out he's not his real father, and. They go through a lot of stuff where Chester's like, you know, stick up for yourself and be a man. And he's like, you don't know what it's like to be a man, blah, blah. You're just a kid. Even if you're like about to have a baby and stuff, you're so young. You don't know what I've been through just to get this car that cost like took 40 years. Like it took me 40 years to buy this car or something. But uh, the whole thing of like his father risking his life to and 
basically giving his life to stop Chester from getting taken by uh, the by his real mother, who is the evil spirit. Yeah. And I guess like Chester having the same type of dream with uh, that George Takai has, where his father's on the boat and he's like, oh, hey, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to go fish into the ocean and just keep, you know, keep going along the ocean and keep fishing and not come back to mainland. I think I'm done here just because I don't want to deal with all the real world stuff anymore of like what's happening in the world. And I just want to be on the ocean and fish. And he's like, do you want to come with me? And Chester's like, I, I really want to dad, but I can't. And it, dude, that got me. So even talking about it now, I'm actually holding back a little bit. Um, that I think was so well done emotionally, especially like, I don't know if you, depends on, I guess, like your own relationships with your father and all this other stuff, but it was just so freaking good. Mm-hmm. And like, especially I think too, if your dad is like an immigrant or something, you kind of get a little bit of feeling there. But uh, it reminded me of another movie. I think it's called like, it's either The Departed or Departing. I can't remember because one is like some American action movie and another is a Japanese movie that is not action whatsoever. (laughs) But uh, that I think was the other big scene. Those two scenes are probably the best two scenes in this series. And they give off such emotional range that I just really appreciate, or I guess emotional depth. Uh, I just really appreciated it. And uh, the history was really well done. The whole thing with the internment camps, it was horrifying. And no offense, James, but like like going through the whole thing, I'm just like, man, these fucking white people, this whole thing. <laughs> I was just like, nah, God. I was just like, I think the reason why I liked the season, the first season a little bit more was just like the, the tension of being oh, stuck. Oh, dude. And in, starvation, cold, yeah, all that stuff, and, survival. And just like, how are they going to get it by without like tearing each other apart? Let alone yeah. there being like a weird soul eating bear out there. That's like, what I appreciate it about both though. Like they're different and it does yeah. like it does the full anthology feeling. It's For honestly sure. like kind of what Halloween was supposed to be. Uh back when like they did Halloween one and two and they were like, Alright, Halloween three is completely different and then it was like it flopped, go back to Michael Myers, yeah. fuck the anthology. No, I but. definitely did appreciate though the that like both seasons tackle very different mythologies. Like I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, very much so. Uh, if you guys honestly haven't seen it yet, go watch the Terror Season 1 and 2. Yeah. They are probably, in terms of, like, horror and just really, really good storytelling, they're very much up there. I would, like, watch those. I would even say watch those over most of the Mike Flanagan stuff. They're very different, but these ones are just, they're, they, they're, you're, you're a lot more on edge watching these yeah. than you are with those. It's just, um, like... Yeah, not to say the Flanagan shows aren't as good, but just the, there's something about the terror season one and season two that just like it literally feels like a higher quality of show. Yes, it it's weird because AMC, I mean, honestly, all the shows from AMC are high quality. The issue is some just don't know when to die because they're yeah. literally undead. You know which show I'm talking about, literally. Yeah. Uh, or I guess five shows now, whatever the fuck walking dead shows there are but i mean amc's amc and fx i still paris i you usually can't go wrong with almost any show from amc and fx because amc put out freaking the tear which honestly felt like it was from fx uh but i think they did black sales too probably i haven't i still have to watch that that show's so good 
they also did you know walking dead when it didn't suck and which was season one and um what it was Carl. It? uh that what was that one show about drugs uh bad break or something uh and then uh, I, I'm going to rewatch it. I'm going to actually try to rewatch it because uh, I only made it halfway through season two last time. So I'm going to attempt I got to get again. back to Bl- uh, Better Call Saul. That show's so good, too. Uh, so, you know, Channel does really good stuff. Uh, I don't know what happened where that maybe they just only were planning on doing two seasons. But I honestly would love for them to do a third season of The Terror and yeah. just have it be whatever Actually, I think there is another AMC horror one. I haven't. I was gonna try to watch it in time for this Halloween, but I mean, I got a lot done. But I think either probably next year, I'm gonna go for it. It's called Nosferatu, and I think I talked about it before. Like I wanted to watch it. It's not 1920s. It's like some other. I don't know how what it is, but it's you know vampire stuff. So I do want to check that out. Um, but yeah, that was Terror season two. Good time. Last thing, really fast. Like I said, short Resident Evil Netflix show. Uh. Don't watch it. Just don't watch it. Yeah, I watched like, it so other people wouldn't. You have told to watch me it. not to watch it because you wanted to get my reactions live at like after describing this show. Because I like I haven't even watched like I don't think I watched any YouTube reviews for it because I was just so disinterested that I don't even care. Like I just got the general gist that it's not good and it was like literally canceled after one season, which you gotta do something bad for netflix to not give you at least one like two seasons you mean like cowboy beep up uh yeah, yeah. i'm so i'm not watching i'm never gonna watch that one uh like i said i had to either choose between that or halo if i did both i probably wouldn't be alive today but uh yeah the resident evil series i'll say this if you are a regular person watching this you'll probably be like what the fuck is this i don't know what's going on if you're a resident evil fan you're gonna be like what the fuck did they do like how did this uh, happen Uh, i'll put it one way james there's three weskers in this there is bert al and albert wait okay i four weskers actually albert and his daughters but there's three four sorry yeah so this i don't know what happened like what they did like it's supposed to be like this is this happens way later or something it's like oh resident evil stuff happens so albert wesker who is still all of them are lance reddick is like (laughs) i'm albert wesker i'm like the one from the game and you know i'm like super fast and shit like super cool he's like i'm gonna clone myself and he makes three clones and they're not like him whatsoever like they can fight to an extent but they're not like they can't do his fucking speed they can't do his crazy demon shit or whatever and so there's like Bert, I want to say, and Albert and Al. And I think Al just like they get invaded by Umbrella and one of them dies. So it's just two. And one's like Albert and the other is like Bert. And Bert's just like a guy who's like, oh, I'm, you know, they each one is like a weird function that doesn't work. Like Bert is he, he doesn't really grasp like how things are supposed to be so he's easily angered or just like very kind of immature he's kind of childish like he lacks like a maturity almost even though he's the same age as all of them but uh pretty much like they get forced to work for umbrella umbrella has their own like town like 
campus, I guess you could say. And it's supposed to be more or less like a company campus. It's like if you know how like logging company log towns are like, oh, it's a town run by the company and everyone that pretty much works yeah. it, it lives there, works at the company in some form or another. It's like yeah. that, but Silicon Valley style. And they pretty much are like, yeah, we're trying to give people a drug to make them like happy all the time and all this other stuff or like stop suicide or something. I forget what it was, but uh, pretty much it could turn into it's like the T virus and people will turn and all this shit. And they have the dog kind of in it. There's two timelines or not timelines, but there's two perspectives. There's like, oh, here's what's happening before the outbreak. And this is like the second outbreak. The first outbreak does happen. And I think it was actually Raccoon City or something. And they're like, yeah, all this shit happened. This town's gone. And Umbrella covered it up. We don't know what happened. And uh, there is another setting where it's the future. And it's like, yeah, everything got fucked up. The world ended. And pretty much like it's just like survival towns. Uh, and uh, the daughter, one daughter of Wesker pretty much lives on a ship with people. And she's trying to like figure out how to cure everything because she's or she's like studying the behavior of zombies and whatnot but uh it's super weird because umbrella just feels like it's just a weird company there's like a woman in charge she was just ignoring all the issues with it and it's like no we could keep going we're gonna keep this going until like we get it to the public and we're going to make all this profit. And the whole thing she going like profit makes more. Uh, will get me more votes than uh, uh, like from the board. Like, you know, the umbrella. Board. Oh, OK. Uh, like she's and like still eh? the profit will outweigh the potential risk of outbreaks and death. And I'm sure by the time we get to it, though, you can fix it. You can like make sure it comes off seamlessly so we don't have to worry about anything. And this whole time, like. The, one of the daughters is investigating what's going on. The other daughter got infected, but she's like, I guess because she has Wesker's blood, she's not necessarily um, turning, but she's like, she like goes through a bunch of shit, but then turns out okay, uh, just stronger. And mm. uh, that is kind of what happens to Wesker. It's just like, for whatever reason, pretty much any of the viruses that show up throughout the series of the games like if he infects himself with it he just gets like mutated stronger mm. essentially instead of turning into a zombie like almost everyone uh, does otherwise so like the, the past stuff just doesn't feel that interesting you're just like i don't care about these like what's going on in these girls world and all this shit it's just like i'm sad and all this stuff's going on and umbrella is covering stuff up but we're gonna solve it and it just ends up like oh we're running away. Our dad gets killed because of some stuff. And uh, or either I think, yeah, he still dies. But uh, we're going to flee when Umbrella kind of gets fucked up because all this stuff comes to a head and everything else. But then in the future, uh, it's just like, oh, the sisters turned on each other. One turned on the other. The one that got infected joined Umbrella and became the head of Umbrella secretly. And uh, yeah, it's a whole thing where it's like the woman that's like the CEO and the the flashback stuff. Okay. Uh, you think she's in charge and she's like working for the daughter instead. Like the daughter took her over somehow and is like controlling her more or less. That's really weird. Yeah. 
And I'm like, okay, what's the point of this? And they do things where it's like, oh, the T-virus affected certain animals and stuff. So there's like a giant killer caterpillar. There's a giant gator. Um, there's like a zombie that's like a zombie hive queen that's like uh, controlling the other zombies with her screams or something. Uh, there, there are lickers, but they're only in like a tunnel scene, really. Uh, it's super weird. It just... It, okay, I'll put it this way. The the pacing feels bad. The dialogue oftentimes doesn't feel right. Certain characters don't feel believable. Like there's some heavyset guy that's able to do all this crazy combat shit in the <laughs> apocalypse time. And you're like, who the fuck is this dude? And he works for Umbrella and he just like has a weird personality of like, oh, hey, it's me, blah, blah. And it doesn't make any sense to the point where like, oh, the main character breaks out him and these umbrella guys because these crazy, uh, they worship the zombie fanatic people are going to try to kill them. So she breaks them out and it's like, cool, they can all work together to fight. Zombies immediately get out, kill all those umbrella guys she just broke out. And it's just like, what was the point of this? I don't understand. Uh, it, it's just stupid. Um, if you watch it, you'll get angry because it doesn't feel like Resident Evil at all, I, I guess is what I'll say. Uh, I also, you know, it's been a bit since I watched it, so I can't remember everything about it, especially because I'm not going to lie. I've been trying to forget some of it, too. But <laughs> if you're a fan, like I said, of Resident Evil, you're not going to like this. I would say, honestly, you're going to have a better time with those Mila Jovovich movies by far, yeah. um, which I still stand by. Those are actually fun. This was at least wacky enough that I went through the whole thing and I straight up had to wait for like the apocalypse stuff to happen to kind of be like, Oh, it's like a little bit more bearable, but still stupid, but it's like stupid fun, at least a little bit like minorly minorly. Uh, whereas the flashback stuff, I'm like, fuck, get me through this. I'm so tired Damn. of it. Yeah. Not fun. Don't watch it. There's no point in watching it. It's only one season and it was canceled and they leave it on a cliffhanger. Yeah. That makes it easier for me to avoid it. Cause I, like if if they were continuing it, I would maybe be, like, tempted. But the fact that they just, like, immediately canceled it, I'm just, like, not interested. Yeah. No, it's it's not good. It's not even, I would say it's not respecting the Resident Evil lore or the world. And it's just funny that they keep trying all these different versions and none of them seem to work out when it's like, dude, can't you just try to adapt the original stuff? And, you know, speaking of which, like, I still have to watch the movie they came out with, the remake. That Remember they came out with that and we totally never watched it? Like, it was a thing. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Raccoon City. No, that was a bad movie. Yeah. You saw it? No, I just heard about it. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it was shit. It's just like... Because there were three things. There was this show on Netflix. There was that movie in theaters. And then there was an animated movie on Netflix that I still also haven't seen. I heard that was okay. Isn't that tied into the games? Yeah. Or is it just is also? It, I think it's like covers part of the time that Leon Kennedy was actually like in the Secret Service before Resident Evil 4. But I'm not okay. I'm not 100% sure on that. But, but yeah. Yeah. For, for some reason, for Welcome to Raccoon City, they decided to smash together Resident Evil 1 and Resident Evil 2, which makes no sense because those the events for those games take place like months apart. Isn't when... the two that are simultaneous two and three? Yeah. 
So yeah. like if you're going to mash together two of those games, you could have easily done that. But for some yeah. reason they didn't. Because isn't it one has, isn't two has Claire Redfield and three uh, has Chris Redfield. Each one has Redfield and then. Yeah. Uh, it's like the Chris. The third one was Jill Valentine. Okay. Yeah. I knew because there's Redfield. Like in the first game, you can choose to play between Jill or Chris. And I think the trade off is like Jill can. She has like. Which one is Leon in then? Leon is in two. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and then Jill and Ada are in three? Yes. Which one is Ada in? Okay, yeah. Ada kind of reoccurs throughout the series. Which one is Mila Jovovich in? I don't remember what her character is supposed to be, Alice. actually. She was created for the movies. That's what I was that saying. That makes sense. Okay. Remember, I, I said when we were talking about the Mortal Kombat movie, I was like, yo, if they make... If they if they're gonna do a made up character like they did in the Mortal Kombat movie, I said it shouldn't have been that guy. It should have just they should have just done Mila Jovovich because it makes anytime you're gonna make a makeup movie character for based on a video game, it should just always be Mila Jovovich because at least it'll be entertaining. It's like basically her job to be the yeah. the fish out of water character. I mean, pretty much, yeah, because it, it's also it works out because the guy that does those movies is her husband, who's usually the director. Yeah. So it just always is gonna be the same thing over and over. Which watch. reminds me, I still have to watch Monster Hunter. Yeah, I should watch that movie at some point. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, good times. Um, I think that's everything. Did you have any other horror fun stuff to talk about? No, nah, I think that's good enough for this time. Okay, and we're I'll get like an hour forty-five. I'll get to Resident Evil Biohazard soon. Uh, like I said, it's probably going to be after God of War Ragnarok, but uh, I'm going to get to it, and then we can talk about it. It'll be a fun time. Uh, otherwise, yeah, this has been Sutra Side Talk. You can email us at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com to comment, give us feedback, or send us questions you want us to answer on the show. You can follow the show on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at sutrasidetalk, uh, all one word. And uh, you can follow James on Twitter at invadergym124. You could follow me on Twitter at gogocomzilla. You can help us out by uh, giving us a review, five stars, or rate it, or like it when you are watching or uh, listening to this show and please subscribe on all platforms or whatever platform you are listening or watching. And if you can share it out to people that would really help us out, that is probably the best thing you can do to help us out. And uh, yeah, like I said, extra life this coming Saturday, November 5th, starting at 10 a.m. Most likely Pacific time. If it's not that it's 11 a.m. Pacific time. I'm going to be doing, like I said, uh, destiny Two, hunt showdown and the cycle frontier and uh pretty much gonna be going until like sunday 10 to 12 in the morning and uh yeah otherwise if we can rings of power episode that day we'll try to record it if not uh the next episode will be in two weeks with probably she hulk and black panther wakanda forever uh most likely uh which i actually got to talk to you about that uh, for the tickets because we'll, we'll see yeah. and then um uh up to it down to it we've been having so many issues scheduling uh for our dragon con episode we were going to record it actually earlier today but it didn't work out again uh we're going to have it most likely in november uh probably the second or third week i think because i'm already trying to get a date for sure that everyone can work on uh just because this t today was like a little last minute uh and then uh yeah cut a steel like i said if oh yeah cut a steel if you guys know any 
DC YouTuber or podcaster or someone that has interest in that kind of stuff and you think they are good for either the Black Adam movie or the Harley Quinn animated series and you would think they'd be good on the show for that specific episode, let us know who they are and I will contact them to see if I can get them on the show because I want one or two people on each of those uh, that we haven't had on before. But we'll see what happens. Uh, with that said, happy Halloween, everybody, since this comes out on Halloween. Actually, wait. Yeah, probably yeah. will come out on Halloween. Today. Yeah, probably. I still have to edit this, but I'll do it tomorrow morning or something. We'll see. But uh, that's everything. I'll catch you all later. So long. Thanks for listening.